the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boost to same game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, get a hundred dollar bet when you bet a hundred dollars at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by Mini Helmet Contest. The SGPN Mini Helmets are now in store, and they're giving away one free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmets. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of, wow, my voice sounds terrible. Do you hear that, Scott? Yeah, I was going to let you work it out. I'm just chilling over here. You good? Vic- wow, am I good? That sounds Vic- better. Yeah, uh, victory cigar for your fantasy ch- fantasy one last night. I guess so. I guess that's what it was. Or I was screaming so much at Austin Eckler to stop freaking scoring. All right, guys. Excuse me for that. It's to the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know me, know the voice, know the guy. I'm really real villain, real Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And partner in picks, you know he's there. Scott Studio Right Show. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Uh, ended up going to Florida, so I have a makeshift recording situation going on. Hopefully it works out. Uh, Wi-Fi is hit or miss. I'm using a hotspot. Hopefully it doesn't cut out at any point. But looking forward to going through the Tuesday card. Should be fun. And I'm also in the Fantasy Championship, so a bit of a stressful week of prep for the two of us. But either way, let's make some money, both in the NBA and in Fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. And funny thing, that fantasy league I'm in, it's actually Rashad Jennings Fantasy League. So former uh a Giants legend. Rashad yeah, Jennings, former right? former Giants running back, uh Rashad Jennings. It was it was really cool. So he allowed us into the league and we're out there in the championship game. It's a joint team with me and my dad as the uh junior and senior squad. So it's a it's a pretty good ride. We we're here for a ride. I'm enjoying it. Now, I, I do want to ask, has your dad contributed anything to the fantasy Absolutely team? nothing. Okay. Absolutely nothing. Just making nope. sure. It's, right. just, it's purely all me. He is a silent name owner. And okay. I would think I would compare it to, uh, if you think about the buses and what the what the brother bus was doing with the organization mm-hmm. before he got outed, that's about the same contribution that my dad has had. Okay. All right. Still working though, so nobody's in. Yeah, the- yeah. Hey, hey, we we got there. We're in the championship, so let's let's finish it strong. Uh, NBA action yesterday, first day after Christmas was all right. I was still positive on the day, but I didn't get my lock. Bulls minus seven and a half. I'm I'm not touching the Bulls ever again. Oh, we're gonna get the Rudy Gobert in one second, but uh, I'm not touching the Bulls for the rest of. I'm good on them. But, I don't think that was a game. That that was a spot that they probably should have played a lot better at home. And they ended up getting routed by – I don't even think they led in many – I think it was like at halftime they led by one. But for the majority of that game, uh, the Rockets were up. They went on a run to end the second quarter where I believe they were up one at the half. But they trailed for about 90% of the game. It wasn't that close for Chicago. Houston just laid it on them. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that, that one-point lead at the half, and then it was just all Houston – Good, great call on me. Kevin Porter Jr. finished with 36 points. I was over his points prop, and I liked him in that game. He scores a lot in the paint, and there's just no paint presence for this, uh, for this Chicago. Name? Yeah, Chicago team. Yeah. All right. Other than that, Rudy Gobert is 
I mean, he, just, it's so, he makes, it's you, so funny. He makes so you look funny. better and better every single day. Like every day we come on the pod, there's another reason why Scott can come up here and say, yep, 100% worst trade of all time. I, I called as soon as it happened that it was going to be a bottom three trade in the history of the sport. And we're not even half a year in and he looks useless. And once again, you also can look at how Minnesota played when he was injured and Minnesota won a bunch of games. Edwards was going nuts with 30-plus points, et cetera. He comes back, and they can't win a game. So, no, you can't even blame Towns because Towns is injured. But when Towns was playing with Gobert, they still weren't any good. So, Bam didn't play. Gobert had five rebounds in the first quarter. So, you assume he's on pace for, like, 18 and 20, something like that. What did he finish with, eight? He had three rebounds in the final three quarters combined. Uh-huh. Yeah, something like that. It was it was bad. He had six, I think, at half. Like five in the first quarter. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Once he, again, he though, Bam not walk playing. into that. Like that, that's rough. Bam's not playing. You have to dominate that game. I don't even care. All right. Um. What what else happened? My dog was the Pistons, man. That's not, I can't believe they blew the cover. I, I don't. Yeah, they blew the cover, but the money line was there, and they would by what knew, twelve with like two thirty to go. Twelve. Yeah, to they went on. It's almost I impossible to lose that game. It was like a fourteen to two run by the Clippers to yeah. end the game and send it into overtime. I was just, oh my gosh, it, it was such a great read. I know it was such a great read. Paul George went crazy at the end, but it was just, mm-hmm. it was a great read. All right, let's focus. Done with yesterday's news. We're on to today's news, and we have a huge slate for this game. So we're just going to go ahead and dive right into it. First game on the docket, we have the Los Angeles Lakers going to play the Orlando Magic. In Orlando, I have a number of minus three and a half for the Orlando Magic in this game. 235 and a half is the total. Injury report for these two teams, and we have here, as soon as it comes, but there we go. So we have LeBron James is probable. Dennis Schroeder is probable. Anthony Davis, you know you're not going to see him. JTA, you're not going to see him. And for the Orlando Magic, you have Jalen Suggs, who is out. I forgot JTA was even on the Lakers. That's how much he's had an impact (laughs) this season. I forgot he was even there. Okay, cool. Uh, I just figured when they said they were signing him in offseason, I'm like, oh, this is the next player that had a role on his other team that's going to come to the Lakers and do absolutely nothing. Even role's a bit of a stretch. I don't even remember JTA playing much at all in the entire playoff run for Golden State. But he has experience with whatever that means. So there you go. He has a ring. He has a ring. (laughs) All right. You're laying three and a half at home with Orlando. Are you going to do it? Of course. How am I not going to lay it with Orlando? We've been all over Orlando for a couple weeks. They've been cooking for us. Uh, they even won as a favorite a couple of games. Uh, it was either last game or a couple games ago. I'm trying to remember uh, when they won as a favorite. But uh, been- They won as a favorite. That was the last game, I think. Yep. Right? Yep, 133-113 against San Antonio. Yeah, they beat the hell out of them. Oh, they had a nice uh, second-half push there. But uh, you're looking at Orlando. They're eight games under, but once again, in great form. Uh, they're 9-9 nine and nine at home, so they have actually been a lot better at home than on the road. Lakers are terrible on the road. They're 5-12 and 12 on the highway. They've lost four straight. They've given up at least 130 points in three of their last four games, and the one exception was giving up 124 to Dallas uh, on Christmas. But I got to take Orlando here. LeBron is the only person on this team that's worth a damn. 
You can go through the supporting cast for the Lakers. They all suck. I mean, there's really no point. Anthony Davis getting hurt again killed this team's hope. Westbrook, people keep pushing for to be sixth man of the year. It's kind of a meme at this point. He doesn't Uh deserve to come anywhere near the award, but he hasn't been great either lately. LeBron might go for 40. That's really the only way they're going to win. But Orlando has scoring depth. They have a home court advantage. They have youth. They can really just outrun the Lakers up and down the court in this game. They should push pace because the Lakers want to run. I got to take Orlando. Right now, this team is a lot better than the Lakers. And I think we would agree, based on current form, Orlando should be laying more than three and a half. The Lakers are really a bad basketball team. Yeah. Um, I, I... <sighs> the only thing scaring you is Orlando laying points, but they won as a favorite last time out. But the Lakers on the road, they're horrible. I, I mean, is, the only way that they could win this game is if you take a player performance boost and you just mix together Lakers money line with LeBron 35. Because the only way they're going to win is if LeBron goes nuclear. They really just don't have enough weapons. I'm sitting here trying to do the... Okay, so... Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but if the Lakers win, we're just assuming LeBron scores 35? Yeah, easy. Easy. It has to be that. I mean, he's probably going to do that and lose. Like, he might do it there's anyway. Nobody else. There's nobody else to do anything. I'm saying so, I, don't think there's a, I don't think there's any value on the Lakers' money line because you should just parlay it with LeBron nuclear and money line because it's really the only way they're going to win this game. That's kind of my point. All right. Let me see. So, I still like LeBron points over, but I guess the concern there is maybe a blowout. or. But, I, I mean, I don't think Orlando's going to stop LeBron. LeBron should have a field day in this game. I just don't think anyone else contributes. The Magic have covered 10 straight games. Yeah, they've been cooking. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, they were getting points yes, in 10 a lot straight of those games. games. Yeah, they were getting points in a lot of those games. 10 straight games. Uh, one or two of them as a favorite, I think, that closed as because I think they closed as a favorite in that Magic, in that Rockets game. Uh, but so two in a row as a favorite. And this Lakers team hasn't covered in forever. They're they definitely not covered at their last five, and they only they're one in four straight up in that span. I mean, I, mean, the I don't even think bad. I don't even think Orlando's contrarian because I think everybody's slamming the Lakers as dogs. I think they are too, but that's kind of the thing. Let's just say this wasn't the Lakers. Let's say we're talking about another underwhelming team with a similar record, maybe the. Charlotte Hornets, you know, uh-huh. random team. Is Orlando still laying three and a half? Or are they laying more? Probably more. Yeah. yeah Is there they a got Lakers six. tax despite being terrible? Like maybe? How much better are the Lakers than the Spurs? I know that they beat the Spurs in every time they play earlier in this season. The but Spurs how much burned me last night. I had, I had Utah. I did the Cardinal sin of laying with Utah as a favorite. and I know. They, they you, got, you got what you deserved. I, I mean, I did. They scored 120 points despite shooting 40% from the floor. So Utah could have scored 140 if they shot decently. But still, I think the Lakers are better, but I think you could argue it's close. Especially without Anthony Davis, it probably is close. Yeah, I'm not going to overthink this. I'm going to just take Orlando. If I get burned by the Lakers on the road, then I'm fine with it. But this Orlando team is playing really well, and I can't think of anybody that's betting Orlando in this spot. Yeah, and Aaron, I think that a letdown spot doesn't exactly apply because both teams are below 500. Orlando's still trying to claw back into the playoff picture, hypothetically. I think Orlando might sneakily have a shot to win the division. They're only four and a half back, but I don't think letdown spots exist when you face off against LeBron. 
You know, like you mentioned how every player has their phenomenal game at MSG because of the environment and because of the fact that they get up for the spot. Mm-hmm. You're facing off against arguably the best player of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think letdown spots exist when LeBron enters the building. If LeBron was sitting... It's going to be maybe, packed out. Yeah. If LeBron was sitting, maybe you can make an argument, but they're gonna, you're going to have extra attendance in the crowd because LeBron is playing in your home arena. So I don't think it, there's going to be a letdown spot. I just think Orlando's going to get up for it. That's a spot the Lakers are going to struggle in because people won't overlook the Lakers as long as LeBron is playing. Do we agree yep. on that? Yep, I agree. So there you go. All right. <coughs> Shoot. <coughs> I'm just fighting this cold still. All right, let's see here. Uh, next game. Wait, we gotta talk about total two thirty-five and a half. I'm not taking an under with the Lakers. I mean, their games are flying through the roof. Orlando scored one thirty-three last game. They uh, could score one thirty again. It would not surprise me. So I'm on the over. Uh, let's see. Last four of the last five have gone over for the Lakers. Four of the last five have also gone over for Orlando. I think I'll pivot and just take it a different way and play it at the first half. Just avoid late okay. game yeah. situations or the game slowing down. It gets close and game slowing down or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and take the first half over, but this should go over total. Mm-hmm. And I think I would still play Lakers, you know, Lakers first half. Like the Lakers do have some type of urgency a lot of the time in the first half. They are playing really good in the first half over the season. And I can see this being a, Lakers first half Orlando money line type of game because they always fold games. Like they always find mm-hmm. ways to fold games away. Yeah. I can see that too. We are not scared at LeBron's points at 31 and a half. I'll let you know that no. right now. We're I think LeBron could score 40. I mean, if, if it's not a blowout, LeBron at this point, the season's, I don't want to say a fully lost cause, but I think it's looking that way. He's still trying to catch Kareem. You know, yeah. he's going to get his. Yeah. I'm not afraid of LeBron at 31 and a half. All right. <clears throat> Next game on the slate, we have the Philadelphia 76ers going to play the Washington Wizards in Washington. Minus four and a half on the road for the 76ers. 225 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have pretty clean for the 76ers. You know, Tyrese Maxey is not going to play. The Washington Wizards, you have uh, Denny Avdia questionable and will barton is not on the injury report so he's expected to play a home dog a plus four and a half in the washington wizards what are you doing scott i think i have to take philly uh i know that you had a very good game on christmas against the knicks they came back and won the game but philly's been rolling and even though i do think long term they'll probably struggle in the playoffs i do think they'll be able to keep it rolling for now I know Maxie's supposed to come back at some point, either this week or next week. But Philly's been cooking. They've been playing good overall basketball. They're on a decent winning streak right now. Washington is really just a bad basketball team. I mean, there's no way around it. They signed Beal to a massive extension. They got Porzingis, and they're going to be a mediocre best team for a while. They are 13-21. and 21. Now, they have split the first two games this season. The road team is 2-0. and uh, But you're looking at Philly, and Philly's won eight straight. They've been a really, really solid team. Harden's had at least 13 assists in each of the last two games. Embiid always kills Washington. They can't guard him. I think Embiid's going to have a field day in this game. But you're looking at the overall spot for Philly on a winning streak against Washington. I don't think Washington's good, and I think Philly is. So I'll take Philly. The line seems short. How are they supposed to guard Harden and Embiid? 
Like, I, I don't know how Washington can guard either of those guys. So I'm going to go with Philly. Let's see. Well, even just selectively, how do you think they can match up with Harden or Embiid in a pick and roll? They, they can't. Like, I, I don't know how they're going to get any stops in this game. I don't think they can either, but Washington is good at home. And, like, they, they play bet a lot – they're better basketball at home. Mm. Uh, I know it hasn't translated, like, you know, over the course of the season, but just when I'm thinking of this, this rivalry, like uh... – I just think Washington has to outscore them because they can't get enough stops. And if you're going to assume Embiid has a realistic shot of scoring 35 or 40, can we agree on that? Like if, if Embiid scores 42, neither one of us would be surprised. I think it's the defense for me. I think it's the defense that's going to pull me over to the 76ers and just knowing that Washington can have a high-scoring game in this game, but I think that the defense for Philly – is going to be the difference maker and being able to slow down mm-hmm. maybe one possession, two possessions here or there, you know, extend this lead a little bit. I'll take Philly minus four and a half. I'll ride with you. It feels really chalky. It really, really does. But, you know, both of these teams get up for these spots no matter where they're playing it at. And this is a fun little rivalry to watch. So, yeah, I'll take Philly minus four and a half. That's kind of my main point is that I think Philly can get stops defensively in this game. I don't think Washington can. I think Harden or Embiid or both can go nuts, and Washington's going to be up against it for the entire game because of it. But Embiid could go for 40, and nobody would be surprised. We saw AD go for 50 and 20 against the same team a couple about a month ago. Embiid might just cook in this game. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Philly. Harden assists over. I'll take Embiid over. Embiid, once again, could just go nuclear, and nobody would be surprised. So I'll go with uh, Philly. But I do think that Embiid and Harden double-doubles are worth a look. All right. Sitting there, at, somebody just had to take a shot. Uh, somebody just had to take a shot. Sitting no, at they, No, they said sneaky double-double. It oh, okay. It wasn't oh, so sneaky. I kept an eye on it, but it's Harden and Embiid. Like, there's nothing sneaky about it. I think the two best players on the court to get double-doubles. That's, not, that's definitely not sneaky. <laughs> All right. What is a sneaky double-double is... Uh, probably Kyle Kuzma. You, you would think it's it kind of Kyle Kuzma. He he. Hey, I understand that all the bigs are playing in this game, but Kyle Kuzma finds a way to be able to still f- be hang out around the rim and get rebounds. Like he's a pretty solid rebounder for that team. And you got to think Kyle Kuzma's Kyle Kuzma's auditioning for other teams. Like now yeah. we're, after Christmas, this is where you get the best basketball people that are on the trade block. Because you know it's not long until uh, we get into the new year. Then after the new year, you have All-Star. Then after All-Star, you have trade deadline. So it's all coming really, really quick. All right, 225 and a half. Uh, first two meetings went over. I think Philly could score 120. Uh, but uh, I feel like I if I'm, I'm on only- Philly, I got to be on an under. I think I'm leaning under, yeah. I, I just think that... For, considering the fact that both meetings this season landed 229 or higher, and this meeting and this game's only 225 and a half, it seems a little bit trappy for a total. I'm going to lean to the under. I think Philly's going to get more stops than people think. I think the books are taking because this total's come up four points. I think they're taking money on it and moving the line up because they know people are going to keep betting it because of what happened last time. Like, 
how big the spread was last time or not spread, but the total was last time when the game was over. So I think, I think this is an underspot. Both of these teams, like you said, played each other already more familiar with how the teams are playing this year opposed to last year. And again, Philly's defense is playing really, really well right now. And so I think this is a pretty good opportunity. Yeah. I'm on the under to 25 and a half. It's also the first game for Washington since the 23rd. So you, they might come out extremely flat. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Houston Rockets going to play the Boston Celtics in Boston. Minus 14 and a half for the Celtics. 31 and a half is the total. Injury report, we have Eric Gordon. Injury maintenance is unlikely to play. And then for the Boston Celtics, it's pretty clean. Nothing to report there. All right. Houston won last night against Chicago. So I was hoping that they folded that first spot and then came back and got up to play the Celtics the second game. Doesn't look like that happened. What are you doing here with Boston laying 14 and a half and with Houston on a back-to-back? I feel like the line is definitely inflated because Houston played yesterday and Boston was incredible on Christmas and they beat the Bucks by 21. However, I'm going to ask you this. Since the Clippers just smacked the hell out of this Celtics team on December 12th by 20. You're looking at the schedule, and Boston's next game is a home game on Thursday against the Clippers. Is it a look-ahead spot? Uh, potentially. Just wondering, because yeah. if it is, I'm not laying 14 and a half. I like the I think- over in this game. I think you'll see points, but... Boston could win this game by 30, and I wouldn't be surprised. But since they do play the Clippers up next and the Clippers smacked them in L.A. a couple weeks prior, I think Boston might be a little bit too happy that they Mm -hmm. killed Milwaukee. That was their get-up game. They might just kind of crash back down this game. I don't think Houston's going to win. I think Boston's going to win. 14-and-a-half, though, I think I'll lean Houston here. I really think for a spot, Boston will be the public play because of how good they looked against Milwaukee. I don't think this line should be this big. So there's a difference in the first half of this home six game. Was that 16? Yeah, six game homestand as opposed to the last. First, they lost to my, to Magic twice and lost to the Pacers, all by double-digit favorites. And then they destroyed Minnesota, destroyed Milwaukee, and you're here with Houston. It's seven. It's seven home games because next, yeah, next one is yeah. So this is six of seven. <sighs> mm. I feel like this is a flat spot for Houston. I think it will you be. You did a what flat you wanted to do. Yeah, you I, did I what think you wanted to do. You won against the Bulls. I mean, fourteen and a half though. I, I mentioned the potential look at spot against a team that embarrassed you a couple weeks prior. Do you think Boston comes out building off of that Christmas game, or do you think that they're so happy at how dominant they played they might kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit? You can argue either way. I'm sad. I'm sad. All right. 14, 14 and a half is a lot, man. The way I look at it, I think this that's, game— That's literally—are we, are we in the NFL? The That's way that big I look for an at NFL spread. <laughs> this game is based on the spread. I think it's close to where it should be, but I think that if Boston had beaten Milwaukee by like five on Christmas, this line might be eleven or twelve. 
Like, I, I just think it's really overinflated because of how dominant Boston looked on a national TV game. I'm going to lean Houston. If Boston wins by 30, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to bet this game. But when in doubt, I'll take the double-digit points. I think everybody's going to be on Houston. One, they just want to so? Yeah. Yeah. Because they just uh, they just got – they just beat the Bulls. Like, why would – you're laying 14 and a half with, at home with Boston. I don't think – did people forget that they just – is it that easy? Did people really forget that they didn't cover this number at all between the Magic twice and the Pacers all at home? I think a lot of people might be distracted solely by the bells and whistles, pun intended, of the Christmas game. So I, I'm going to lean to Houston. But once again, if Boston wins by 30, I would not be surprised. They should win this game by 20-plus. I'm just concerned about the level of focus and if they maybe have one eye looking ahead to the Clippers game. Yeah, there's too many variables. All right, it's Houston plus 14. All right, yeah. it means you should slime the Celtics at home. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I, I just – I don't know. I – I'm I'm not so I'm not I'll give a slight lean to the Houston just because it's I don't like Celtics but I really think I just got a feeling that Boston just beats the crap out of them like they should beat the crap out of them they should but I think they might be a little bit distracted All right I guess I don't know I I I guess I'll take Houston I don't like this game I just it just doesn't feel good per se Yeah no but Houston Houston's been doing a lot better recently. So, yeah, okay. All right. Sitting at the total 231. It's come down two points from 233. Uh, I kind of lean to the over, but the under money's throwing me for a loop here. I get that Houston could be fatigued. Maybe they're going to rest a couple players, but Boston, I mean, we just said, like, Boston could score 130. Like uh-huh. it wouldn't surprise me here. I'm gonna lean over. I just think you're gonna see points here. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with the over. Do you understand the under money? Because I don't really get it. Yeah, because you think that Houston doesn't do their part of scoring. I don't know if they need to do their part, to be honest with you. But like, I I don't know. Nah, I'm going back to Boston. Give me Boston minus 14 and a half. I'm not okay. Give me Boston minus 14 and a half. I think they I think they roll in this one. Okay. So does that mean you're leaning over or under? You're under. leaning under, but yeah, you're like, I, I, yeah, I think that Houston comes into a flat spot and just not being able to put the ball in the basket. Okay. So so it sounds like instead of the full game total, you kind of like Houston team total more. Yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. I mean I would play both. I would play the full game under, but probably more of a side is Houston's team total under. But I just don't like taking a team total under of a team that is getting 14 and a half points because you're already like you're getting more favorable number there just as off the rip. So I'd rather just play the whole game under. Mm. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Los Angeles Clippers on the road to play the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are laying four and a half at home. 219 is the total injury report for these two. And you have the Clippers, who Kawhi Leonard is expected to play in this one. Clippers are coming off back and back as well. Yeah, uh, are we assuming that Paul George and company will not play if Kawhi's playing? Is it the tag yeah, team? Yeah, it could be. Here? Yeah, it could be like a tag team approach. I would. It doesn't say anything about Paul George yet, but we all know literally as after this ends, the Clippers are going to go put out an injury report and say half the team is out. Wait so, wait for about the 5 o'clock special on that one. But yeah. Paul George, how many minutes did he play last night? Because it went to overtime. He played like 36 minutes maybe? Uh, let's see. Paul George played. He played 38 minutes. Yeah. 
30 and I don't think he's okay. going to play. But I don't think he's going to play. I think you're getting one or the other here. And I think they did that on purpose. So Of course. Kawhi Leonard expected to play. John Wall, TBD, probably not going to see him. And you have Precious Achua, who is doubtful. Achua hasn't played for like two months, but I'm going to take doubtful, But doubtful is a better, because he was just straight up out for, yep. the, for the time. So doubtful means he is going to come back eventually, just probably not this game. Sounds like he's a week or two away. Yeah. All right. I, I like Toronto in this game. I'm, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I'm kind of curious how the fan reaction is going to be with Kawhi going back to Toronto. Should be an interesting little moment there. Mm-hmm. But I think the Clippers might bench half their team. We know that the Clippers are willing to rest players all the time. They're off an overtime game, off of a layoff, because they play on Christmas. So a lot of the players had to play a bunch of minutes yesterday. Toronto had been struggling. They did look good right before the Christmas break. Beat the Knicks on the road with Siakam's 50-piece. And then beat Cleveland on the road. A very nice win there. I'm going to go with Toronto. I think it's a good spot. I think four and a half is too low. And I think the Clippers are in a decent spot to bench a lot of players. But off of an overtime game with a thrilling comeback that had 273 points, I think your team's going to be gassed. And you're also traveling to Canada. I'm on Toronto. I think Toronto rolls here. It's a really good spot. It's a really good spot for Toronto. All right. Uh, Yeah, I'm on Toronto. I'm not – I was such a good more value. Yeah. The overtime game with travel to Canada. And the fact that one, I already told you this season, I like Toronto at home. They're, they have a great home atmosphere this season. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I've looked at the games in Toronto, that the place is hype. The, the place is crazy. So, yeah, give me the minus four and a half is what it's at. Yeah. I'll the lay crowd should be half. even more amped up because Kawhi's in the building. That's, and, and that's the other part of it. Kawhi, this team is going to get up for playing against that, against him and this Clippers team. And I, I don't think the Clippers are really – how are the Clippers on a back-to-back? Like, this is one of the most injury-ridden teams of the league, and they're playing in a back-to-back. Like, so, and it's after a layoff. Like, I don't know why they'd use half their players in this game. And, and, I, and been, we just talked about it from the Celtics' perspective. They play Boston on the road next game anyway. Yeah. So travel, travel, not only just travel on a back-to-back, but travel into a different country on a back-to-back. This got to be like one of the best plays of the day. I, I Toronto probably will be my lock of the show, but as of right now, it's the leader. The spot's too good for me. Yeah. All right, minus four and a half. Total is sitting at 219. I'm on the under. I think the Clippers might bench half their players. Yeah. And Toronto, we know Toronto runs a slow pace. Clippers can run a slow pace as well. Not really seeing a bunch of points here. I'm on under. If he plays, I don't mind Zubak double-double, but I'm not sure how many minutes he's going to play. Okay. I hope they announce Zubak out. That's what I hope. You want the Moses Brown props? Yes, I want all the Moses Brown props. All right. It's crazy. They don't have a backup center. They just choose not to use them. Like it's real, yeah. Subox is really their only center, and they have one in Moses Brown, but they choose not to use them at all. They had Hartenstein so. for a cup of coffee, but now he's on the next. Yeah. All right. The Atlanta Hawks are going to play the Indiana Pacers in Indiana. The Hawks are laying one and a half, 238 and a half is the total. For the injury report, we have Clint Capella is out. DeAndre Hunter's questionable. Jarrett Colvert is out. I don't even know how to say his name. Vit, Vit is questionable. I'm not going to butcher his name on here. I'll look that up later. 
And for the Pacers, you know, you're not going to see Daniel Tice. So pretty clean injury report for them. And I think, the Pacers, it's, pronounced, I think it's pronounced Krejci, but it, it doesn't matter anyway. All right. I don't think I've ever seen him on court for them, actually. I don't either. But I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Krejci, just based on Krejci. hockey. Okay. For the Pacers, they are on a back-to-back. They play the Penguins. Not penguins. <laughs> the I got Pelicans. you in hockey mode. Yeah, I know you just like you just said it, and it put me dead in. I'm just saying, Dave, David David has been around for a long time. It's pronounced Krejci, so I'm assuming it's pronounced <laughs> the same way. Yeah, no. So, all right, it the Pelicans. They played the Pelicans in Orlando last night, where they got buried. And Aaron's saying what happened to the Pel- the Pacers last night. You mean, well, you, mean said, in New, you mean New Orleans, but whatever doesn't. Yeah, matter. New Orleans, but yeah. I I said that I didn't. I thought that the Pacers were going to have a really bad spot, and now they're coming back home on this back-to-back, playing against Atlanta. Is there any case for Atlanta getting up on the road? The argument is, is the first game after a layoff, they had a pretty rough you know, first portion of the year. Maybe they get it going. But now you have Trey Young trade rumors circulating, and I, he still doesn't get along with the coach. The team is completely shot. I think they should trade uh, Trey. I don't think they're going to. I think uh-huh. that they're going to ride it out and it's going to fall apart. I think they're going to fire the coach at some point in the next month. The team's just not very good. Uh, Trey doesn't do anything off ball. He's one of the worst defensive players in the league. And him and DeJounte can kind of do their own thing. But Capella being out is a big deal. Because Capella's a good yeah. rebounder, a good rim protector. And you're looking at their replacement center, a Kung Wu, and he's undersized. He's uh-huh. not bad, but he's undersized. So... I think it's a good spot for in, for Indiana. You can say that they're on a back-to-back, but they got blown out, so the starters didn't have to play much late in the game. And you could argue that Carlisle get the team pumped up because they no-showed the first game after Christmas. And you have to always worry about how a team's going to play after a long layoff. Indiana had their awful performance. They can bounce back now. It's mostly fading Atlanta. I think Atlanta stinks. I, I, I just think that Atlanta is a bad basketball team that's fundamentally flawed. Because they can't guard anybody. And when Trey has the ball in his hands, it's a lot of standing around from their supporting cast, and nobody else can really shoot. So I'm going to go with Indiana. I think I'm leaning over, as crazy as that sounds. I know it's a high total, but I really don't see much defense. I love Trey on double-double in this game. Trey Uh double-double is like minus 130. I think it's a great price. He's had, I believe, a double-double in seven of the last eight games against Indiana. But once again, it's a total of roughly 240, double-double at at minus 130. Like, yeah, I'll take Trey double-double all day, every day. Halliburton probably assists two. I see a lot of points. So give me the the props. That's kind of my approach. Yeah, so, and that's really where I was kind of going with this. The Atlanta Hawks are giving up 40% from three in their last five games on the road. We talk about how bad they are on the road this season. Well, just in general, like they're just really bad on the road. And so I think this is a spot where everybody's hammering Atlanta. Like everybody is hammering Atlanta in this spot where Mm -hmm. because the Pacers got killed last night, because the Pacers are on a back-to-back with travel, but they're at home this time around. I think that's something like they, they probably got on the plane last night got back to Indiana and slept in their own beds. Yeah. So that makes me feel a little bit better about this spot, even though they're on a back-to-back. Give me Indiana plus one and a half. I think this is a good spot to fade the public because I know the public is coming in heavy on Atlanta here, getting a short number at, on the road. Yeah, I'm trying to just look through some other props if I'm tempted by anything else. Um, let me see what I can find. So Halliburton double-doubles minus 115. 
Uh, Trey double doubles minus one fifteen. Uh, I have to like the one fifteen there for Trey mm-hmm. uh, and Halliburton. Um, I don't see odds on him, but a Kungwu I'm tempted by, but I don't see a number. But since Capello's mm-hmm. out, I feel like there's going to be value automatically. Do you want to make a case for Miles Turner plus two twenty? No, because fuck Miles Turner. Okay. Where no, fuck him. We he's bam treatment. Every time we get on his rebounds, and now we can add Rudy Gobert to that too. Every time we get on their rebounds, they fold and they have. I gave like up two. on Gobert months ago. I tried. Yeah. So, Jalen Smith. That's who we back. We back Jalen Smith. Okay. Jalen Smith has been a great rebounder. You can watch him, and he. It's like he has an emphasis on rebounding in his game, just to make sure that he gets the ball. Uh, whether it's on the offensive boards, whether it's coming back and starting to transition on defense. Jalen Smith, he hangs out around the rim, a rim a lot. He's been a really, really good player for them coming off the bench at some times, starting for them at some times. I think Jalen Smith is the guy whose rebounds we target. Mm. All right. 238 and a half. I said I'm leaning over. Capella's not playing, so they should play even faster and have even less rim protection. I think I'm on the over. It's a huge number, but I think it's. I think I'm on the over. Yeah, I. Capello's big because he can give you some rim protection. I don't know what a Kungu can do. I, I know that a Kungu's been pretty good this year. He's what six eight, six nine. Yeah, you lose a lot of rim protection. It's a lot of value we missed, but okay, I'll go with it. Oh, we missed a ton of value. Half. Yeah, yeah, two thirty-eight and a half. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Phoenix Suns going to Memphis to play the Memphis Grizzlies. Minus eight for the Grizzlies. 230, no, not 230, 226.5 is the total in this one for this injury report. For Phoenix, we have Devin Booker, who's out with that groin injury. Brutal game in that Christmas Day game. It was, was a hell of a game, just a brutal loss for Phoenix. Yeah. Landry Shamit, who came in in relief and had 30. 31. With the, 31 out with Achilles injury. Campaign is out with the foot injury. Wait, so Man, is Shamit out with an Achilles injury or is his back sore from carrying the team? Uh, it's it's got to be one or the other. It's one I mean, or the other, and they still lost. Yeah. How do you how do you waste a thirty one point Shamit masterclass? Yeah, he he did. He came in and literally did everything Booker was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So, all right. This feels Daddy, so. This feels yeah. So clean, easy. clean injury report for the uh, Grizzlies. There's a couple ways to look at this, and I know we mentioned Toronto being right now the early favorite for our lock. I love Memphis in the spot today, and I know that Memphis just killed this team. So you can argue that Phoenix would be motivated to get revenge. Memphis just got humiliated on national TV against the borderline G League squad. They are going to murder this team tonight. I don't know how much more motivated you can be to return home where you've been dominant all season long off of probably your most embarrassing loss to your arch rival all season long. And you just killed this Phoenix team by 30 on the road. They're going to out rebound them by 20 again. Like, I don't know what Phoenix can do in this game. Offensively, they don't have much overall scoring depth. Memphis is going to kill them on the glass. They can't stay in front of Morant and Bain's getting better with each passing game. I think Memphis beats the crap out of them. I, I think Memphis might win this game by 30, but the argument is Phoenix might be motivated to get revenge or to play tougher because of how bad the first meeting went. I don't even care. I think Memphis is just a horrible matchup for this team, and they're off of that awful Christmas loss. Both teams have bad losses, but Memphis, 
that was pretty embarrassing. That was really bad. At least Phoenix has an excuse. Booker got hurt. If he stayed healthy, we would have won the game. We went to overtime against the favorite, or in my eyes, to win MVP, who went for 41, 15, and 15. But I'm taking Memphis. I think Memphis kills this team. Is it is it too easy? It feels like it's too easy, but so the issue and the difference maker that I had was that when I picked the Warriors to beat Memphis, even though they were shorthanded, it's because mm-hmm. I knew they still had a bunch of talent all like even across the bench that could still go out there and score a bunch of points. And Golden State was at home. Yes. Now you're on the road. You don't have Shamit. You don't have campaign. You don't have Booker. How I'm can they at score? The, I'm looking at who's yeah, who's like who's gonna go out here and really, really like contest and go score. And Aiden's gonna get bodied by Adams on the glass. We know Triple J is a very good defensive player. The foul trouble is a serious concern, but still, they also have a Clark. They have a. I don't know who's gonna score on this team. Like I don't think Phoenix is very good because every time Booker gets hurt or he has a bad game, they lose. Because he's the only one who can create his own shot on this entire team. Mm-hmm. I think Memphis is a horrible matchup. Yeah, I'm with Memphis minus eight. I, I like Memphis. Memphis first half. They're going to come out for blood in this game. I think they'll be up by double digits at halftime. Oh, I like them in the first quarter. I think they're one of the best first quarter teams at home. I, I think they might be the best first half uh, team at home. So that wouldn't surprise let's, me. But Let's pull this up real quick. You're returning back home after getting humiliated by your arch rival missing Curry and missing Wiggins. It's really such a good spot. The only concern is the public will be all over Memphis, and there's really no way around it. But once again, I think that Phoenix is really no match for Memphis's length and overall depth. It's a horrible matchup for Phoenix. And this team's also falling apart because apparently nobody likes DeAndre Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh... So let me see. First half. So there's one crazy one that I saw. There we go. That's what I was looking for. All right. I knew I had it somewhere. Okay. So in the last five games in the first half, Memphis is 4 0 and 1 at home. They are the second best first quarter team in the league at home, only behind the New York Knicks. Second best in the first half, again, only behind the New York Knicks. This team gets out fast. They've been doing this for last year as well. Like they were very good in early games at home last year as well. So this is a really good spot. Memphis first quarter, Memphis first half. Especially if you're concerned about it being a large number and you think that there's a way that there's a backdoor cover for the Suns, you definitely want to get in the game early. Yeah, you can take halftime, full-time, take a prop there. It's probably like 140, 150, but still, I think Memphis should roll here. It's a really a great spot for Memphis. All right, 226 and a half. Come down a point from 227. I don't, I don't really know what to think here because the last game they played was relatively high scoring because Memphis got every offensive rebound and scored a bunch of points, but Phoenix can't score. So, actually, no, the first meeting went to 225. Uh, I thought it actually went higher than that. I'm going to lean under. I don't think Phoenix can do anything in this game. And Phoenix is also 5-10 and 10 on the road. They're a horrible road team. I'm not mm-hmm. sure Phoenix even gets to 100 in this game. I'm going to lean to the under. Like, Memphis might call off the dogs in the fourth quarter. I, I think it's an under just because of how inefficient Memphis has been recently. And I think yeah. that that's – like, Desmond Bain's coming back. He's trying to get into his own rhythm. You have uh, 
what's my boy's name? Dylan Brooks, who is just inefficient as in general. Like, that's just how he plays. He's just inefficient. And so, you know, I think this is probably a good spot where there's a little bit of inefficiency for Memphis adding on to all the outs for Phoenix. So I like the under. I actually kind of love the under, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think I, I think I like Phoenix team total under more. Memphis's length is such a problem for this Phoenix team without Booker. It's such mm-hmm. a problem. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the San Antonio Spurs going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Minus seven at home for the Thunder. 237. No, 236 and a half is the total. We have Nothing on the injury report for Spurs because they just played yesterday where they got the win against the Utah Jazz as a dog. And we have Oklahoma City who is missing their G League players, basically. So pretty clean for Oklahoma City. I'm not doing it. I told you I wasn't doing it again. I'm sticking. I'm standing on it. I'm 10 toes down on it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to do it. Every single time, it's come back to bite me. I don't care what the spot is. I don't care how good it is. I don't care what the numbers say. I, I'm not laying points with Oklahoma City. I'm not doing it. San Antonio's on a back-to-back it. with travel, but nope. there's no chance I'm laying 7.5 with Oklahoma City. I, don't care. I can't do it. Nope. San Antonio, when healthy, has actually been okay. And when I say when healthy, it's with um, Keldon Johnson and Vassell. Those two are the main offensive threats for this team. Uh, Sohan's been okay as well. Uh, Pirtle, we know, is a pretty decent center, but shake and go nuts. We've seen this happen before. We saw the Thunder lose to the Pelicans before Thanksgiving with no Zion and no Ingram, and Shea went for like 41, 10, and 8, and they still lost the game. Uh-huh. Like, it, shake and go nuts, and they still might not cover, but 7.5 is way too many points for me. I'm taking San Antonio. Neither team plays much defense. You might see a track meet. OKC should win this game. Seven and a half's a ton. I'm taking San Antonio. I think this number's too big. Yeah, I'm with you. I am there with you. I'm just I it it's not in OKC's blood to be a favorite. It's just no. not in their blood to be a favorite. Uh Shea probably is the only person that does anything in this game and you get a team effort from the Spurs. So I mean Shea you're assuming might score forty in this game, but I'm not sure if it's gonna matter for the sake of seven and a half. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they probably went by three. Mm-hmm. They probably win this game three. All right. That's it. That's enough for me with that. The total is at 236.5. I'm on the over. I know San Antonio's on a back to back, but once again, Utah yesterday scored 122. They shot 40% from the floor and 30% from three. They were horrible. They still scored 122. I see a bunch of points in this game. I'm on the over. Uh, where is my. Yeah, OKC eleven and six to the over at home. San Antonio nine and six to the over on the road. They both cover. Like these are over teams. These are mm-hmm. over teams. Only thing is, the last ten games is struggled for OKC. But I think this is a good spot where the Spurs are going to force them to go play. Because I don't think OKC is about to let the Spurs just come in here and run wild. I think OKC is going to put up points too. It's just I don't think it's going to be too soon that they cover seven. All right. Next game on the docket. No, before we talk about that, got to talk to you about WinBet because the official sportsbook of SGPN where you have 
the DGENS only parlay wheel. They give you live betting, same game parlays in the win, build your own bet function. You can do that for some of these games and just make a crazy build your own bet. And that be it. So uh, great promos, odds, and payouts all right here at WinBets. Ready to play? Sign up today. You receive a special offer. Bet $100. Win $100. Free bet. Limited state availability. Whoa, that was a tongue twister. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. All subject change terms, conditions at winbet.com. As for 21 older, present state, we're played through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to enter the SGP mini helmet contest is going through the rest of the year. All you have to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. We are giving away a free SGP mini helmet. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. All right, Scott, let's keep the thing rolling. New York Knicks are going to play the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks are laying five at home. 219 is the total. Injury report for these two, and we have for the New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson is questionable with the hip injury. Oh, come you on. Know you're, not gonna... you're returning back to Dallas. Come on, man. I know. I know. He's going to up, man. He's going to play. play. He's going to play. And for the Mavericks, we have Dorian Finney-Smith, who is out. Kimball Walker's questionable. Wow, Frank still actually gets minutes for the same. All right, he's questionable. Defensive specialist, Frank. I hate him so much. I know. You should. Because uh, he was terrible. Josh Green and Maxi Cleaver. It's not really his fault. It's not his fault that we drafted him, but still. Yeah, Josh Green right. and Maxi Cleaver, you know you're not going to see in this game. Can you can you get me to any point where I would feel comfortable laying five at home with the Mavericks? I'm actually going to lean Dallas in this game. I'm not going to bet this game. No chance I bet it. But the main argument is you stick with what's worked all season long. You fade Dallas on the road. You back them at home. Now I know against the spread they haven't been great at home, or in general. But nine seventeen and one against the spread as a favorite. Seven ten and one at home. I'll ask you this: If Brunson ends up not playing, do you think the Knicks have enough to get by in this game? Yeah, I do. Offensively, I do. You think they do? Okay. I'm just throwing that at the possibility, but. I don't know. This this line seems very weird because I think the Knicks are a better team than Dallas. I don't think it's close. I think the Knicks are actually a good basketball team. I don't think Dallas is any good. I think they're a mediocre team. Mm-hmm. Yet Dallas at home has been incredible. The Knicks lost the game against Philly on Christmas, which was a very good game. It was competitive. They just ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But this line seems extremely trappy to me. And... I think I'm going to lean Dallas. I don't really know what it is, but at first glance, I thought this one would be closer to like two and a half or three. Five seems large, but I don't know. It feels like they're daring you to take the Knicks on the road. I'll back Dallas, who's been a very good home team at home, but I don't really feel comfortable betting anything in this game. I'm just going to stay away, but I'll lean Dallas. Okay. I'm not, this, I'm not. This line seems Dallas. a little trappy, though. Like, if I told you to price the line, wouldn't you have Dallas at like two and a half? Yeah, probably, probably. But and there could be. I don't know. I'm just not. I can't. I can't get behind the five points with Dallas. I Once really again, can't. I said I think the Knicks are a better team than the Mavericks. I just find the line extremely trappy. I'll, I'll lean Dallas, but there's no chance I bet it. I'm gonna stick with Knicks first half. 
Makes sense. Best one of the best first half teams in the league. This is how they play. This is and again, this does mean a lot to Jalen Brunson. I think that early, like early on, especially with his dad on the bench, like I think they're gonna get out really, really quick against this team. And then that's when they get into the third quarter and then that's when they start disappointing. But they had, I think, a really good first half when they played each other in New York. So they did. Like they got the out half, by like thirty in the third. The yeah, third it was like quarter. one of the worst third quarters I've ever seen. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna back. I'm gonna back Dallas here. I'm not Dallas. I'm gonna back the Knicks here in the first half. I get Dallas probably wins the game, but I just don't trust them to cover the number. I know they did it against the Lakers, but it's the Lakers. I don't trust them to cover the number. They might win the game though. I will take the Knicks first half play. I think that's a uh, this this is a pretty solid play. I think you might be onto something for the first half because to go through the last couple of games, it's only a sample size of three. So I will concede it's a small sample size, but it's the best I got. Dallas in the last three games, plus seven in the second half in point differential. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're looking at the Knicks in the last three games, negative 3.3. We know Thibodeau's teams have a hard time late in games because they go so stagnant offensively. They Mm -hmm. isolate too much for uh, for Randall, and there's a lot of really bad possessions. But I do think the Knicks' first half would be probably the best play for the Knicks because it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas, with the home crowd in that second half, gets going. And we've seen Thibodeau's teams implode in the final 24 minutes of games. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. Total sitting at 219. I think I'm going to lean under. I just, I'm, I feel like Dallas and the Knicks in that second half, the pace is going to be discussed. You know, like I mm-hmm. just see a bunch of awful half court possessions in the fourth quarter. You might see like 42 points in the fourth quarter. I think I like the fourth quarter under as like my favorite under because. I just see a lot of isolation, ugly possessions between two teams that love the half court late in games. I'm going to lean under, but I think I like the fourth quarter under the most. Very, very niche play, but I think there's some value on it. Chat seems to be with us in the Knicks' first half play. Knicks have four straight overs. I want to see what that number is in the fourth quarter because that fourth quarter under just based solely on pace and what we're expecting in what should be a physical game between these teams. I kind of naturally have to gravitate towards the under in the fourth quarter. Do we agree on that? Yeah, no, I got you. I'm with you on the fourth quarter. I'm still, I'm still trying to get my. It's going to be somewhere in the 50s for the fourth quarter. Um, okay, that that's the first quarter. Damn I'll it, give the, me fourth quarter lines, cowards. I'll take the under with you. That that was ugly. I'll take the under with you. So I only see it in like parlay form, but from what I can gather, fourth quarter total points seems to be around 53 and a half, which I love the under on. Like yeah. I just see a beer, I see the rock fight in the final 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a close game. Especially yeah. if it's a close game. All right. I think I'll play the first half over. Okay. If I play it, I think that Jalen Brunson coming back is still kind of, you know, around the holiday time. Both of these teams actually play each other really, really well. So I think that this is going to be an opportunity for them both to put a bunch of points up. And then we get into that slower pace that you were talking about in the second half as defenses uh, try to rise a little bit more to the occasion. So I think a first half over is a decent play. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't see a line on it. But I do have a sneaky double-double here. Mitchell (laughs) Robinson. 
Shot, 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 shot. I see Mitchell Robinson, but I don't see numbers on it. But I think it's a good spot. Robinson had a double-double on Christmas. Dallas really has no length at all, mm-hmm. especially with the injuries that they have. They currently have Christian Wood and a hint, a splash of Dwight Powell. Like, they don't have really any size. <laughs> it's literally all. just a splash. Like, that's you it. know how you put the orange juice in the mimosa and you just – a little bit of little orange bit, juice. little dash. Yeah, that's that's but, how much – Dwight Powell is playing for this. It's about this. a six-minute dash to start the game for <laughs> Dwight Powell, but I think Mitchell Robinson should get the rebounds, and I think with the lob threats, he should get a lot of vertical spacing because nobody on Dallas can jump with him. Mm-hmm. He might get a lot of lobs in the paint. I think you're looking at a very solid double-double shot there with Mitchell Robinson, probably somewhere in what, like the 2-1 to one range, 3-1 to one range? He doesn't get many double-doubles, but it's a good spot. Yeah, I like a double-double for Brunson if he plays. I think that's how I'm going to play his return to Dallas. I would play with a double. I'm not sure if I can actually find a line on Robinson, but I'm going to look for it. I doubt mm-hmm. it because without Brunson's being officially in the lineup or not, you're probably not going to have any props on the Knicks. But Mitchell Robinson, based on the matchup, should have a good spot there for at least 10 rebounds. And at that point, you'll take your chance on five dunks or maybe a free throw or two. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, next game on the slate. We have the Charlotte Hornets on a back-to-back going to play the Golden State Warriors, minus four and a half for the Warriors. 240 is the total injury report for these two. And we have, can't really tell you too much about the Hornets. They played last night. Dennis Smith Jr. and Nick Richards are both TBD. And for the Golden State Warriors, you have Andrew Wiggins, who's going to be out. Jamal Green is probable. Jamichael Green is out with health and safety protocols. Andre Godala is there. He's a veteran leader. Yeah, veteran leader from the bitch, uh, playing about the same minutes as – no, he's actually playing less minutes than Udonis Haslam. No, Haslam uh, had to guard Tatum every now and then. So, yeah, yeah so. he's played more minutes than Iggy this season. All right. This one feels simple to me, doesn't it? We just back Golden State. Back in Golden State at home. Yeah. I mean, Golden State's two under. They're not a good team. They're 13-2 and two at home. Mm-hmm. They're 16 and 18 overall. They're 13 and two at home. Charlotte's on a back to back. They're five and 14 on the road. They played an up tempo game against Portland. No shock to anybody. They lost. Brutal. But they was the they was in the game for a little bit. I'll give them that. They yeah, were they the, game won the game for a little, for a little bit. bit. Brutal beat on the under, by the way. Uh, I believe that they combined for 40. What was it 41 points in the fourth quarter? Yeah, and the game went like under that. by a point and a half. Uh, disastrous uh, beat there for the over. But I got to go with Golden State. At home, they're a different team. I don't know what it is, but Charlotte can't guard anybody. Uh, They should be fatigued in the second half. I'm going to go with Golden State. As for props, are we blindly just taking the rebounds for Looney? I don't think we're going to find any Wiseman props because there's no guarantee on his minutes. But Looney might be in a good spot for 14 rebounds. So I kind of have to go with the philosophy of backing opposing centers against the Hornets. And Looney should probably get what twelve rebounds in like twenty five minutes. Yeah, I I think I'm I like that Looney play. I think we get back on Lamelo. Lamelo's just got insane usage right now. He has to, and you're looking at uh, how he plays against Golden State in the past. I believe he's played well against Golden State. Uh, let me just see this. Draymond is in. He's playing. Wiggins is out. Draymond rebounds might be sneaky too. Yeah. If you want a really, really uh, decent triple one, double by Draymond, uh, that's what I was gonna say. I don't know. If yeah, the triple double by Draymond. 
I, I saw it on your face, and I was like, I knew we were thinking the same thing. He only scored three points in that Christmas game against Memphis, but I think if you're looking for a long shot where he had, what do you have, like 13 rebounds and 13 assists against Memphis? Yeah. Might be worth a shot there. I got to see what the price is. If it's anything above like 15 to 1, I'll take it. I don't think it's going to be there, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have that one in front of you by any chance? No, I don't have it in front of me. Okay, uh, I'll pull it up, but I'm hoping uh, it's around like 18 to one or something, and we'll see. But totals two, uh, totals two thirty nine and a half. Draymond rebounds at like two. It's climbing. It's still climbing. I see it at two forty. I don't see much defense being played. So I think uh, this is a game for threes. I think the threes are going to fly all over court in this one. Okay, Draymond uh, triple doubles around where I said it would be. It's sixteen to one, which is. Okay, I guess. I was kind of hoping for more. Mm-hmm. Eh, I, I mean, yeah, it probably is worth a shot there. I'm just going to see if I can find a better line on it. I probably won't. But based on a, a total that high and with Draymond being able to get the rebounds against this team, I see 20 to 1 on a book. Worth it. I'll take Draymond a 20 to 1 uh, triple double. Okay. Here is my prop for this game. I mean, I'm not really going to give you a handicap. Yeah, I'm on the Warriors. I, this ch- Call me chalk. I don't think it's a letdown spot for them. One, because they're under 500. Maybe if they were above 500, then I would say letdown, but they're under 500. They need every win they could get at this point. Okay. Moment of truth. Here's the prop that I'm on. I'm on Kelly Oubre. Wait, I'm what? on Kelly I'm on Kelly Oubre this game. I'm on Kelly Oubre. I think Kelly Oubre comes into Golden State and has a game. But he's on the Jazz, though. That's why I'm confused. Kelly Oubre? Oh, Oubre. Sorry. I was thinking of Olenek. Sorry. My bad. I was like, what? Nope. <laughs> hey, I'm sitting my here. Bad. I'm like, Oops. wait, what did I miss? I heard Kelly, <laughs> and I immediately went to Olenek. So my bad. Yeah, yeah Oubre. Was, my bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> sorry. Sorry All about right. that. Back to what I was saying. <laughs> Remember that time that Kelly Oubre was on the Warriors and everybody said he sucked and, you know, he just yeah. he didn't need to be there and anything like that. He was You can kind of group him and D'Angelo Russell together with their tenure on the Warriors. Yeah, and it was more of that just wasn't a good fit for him and yep. he needed a better, a more system that tailored to him. A Oubre revenge game. Yeah, this feels like an Oubre revenge game. It really does. Like, I know I mean, he, was there for, he was there for a short amount of time. But it, I just feel like he's a – hold on. Y'all said – like, everybody tried to play me. The fan base tried to play me. The team tried to play me. Like, I think this is an opportunity Kelly Oubre come in there and say, all right, I'm about to show you what I can do. And he just goes off. Like, he just is unconscious and is shooting for tonight. So, yeah, I'm back in Kelly Oubre tonight. I, that feels really, really fun. Uh, I'm looking at Draymond's numbers against the Hornets in the past. He's had two triple-doubles. He's had a bunch of almost where he's had like two out of three or he's been like mm-hmm. one one or two assisted rebounds away. But mm-hmm. he usually puts up somewhere in the realm. I don't have the averages, but it looks like he's usually averaging somewhere around like eight rebounds, seven assists, something like that. He's had a couple of massive games. He had like an 11, 12, and 19 game, mm-hmm. an 8, 11, and 16 game. He's had some huge games, but I think Draymond triple double 20 to one, probably worth a shot. All right, before we move on from this game, last thing. Jordan Poole went crazy last game. Before the ejection, he did. And it's crazy that he got ejected and still had 32. Oh, he would have gone for like 40, like had he not gotten ejected. But So, my question is, 
Do you think the baddies are going to be in attendance after Christmas for Jordan Poole to go off again? Uh, yeah, why not? All right. There we go. You have it. The baddies are in attendance. That means Jordan Poole is definitely going off. I mean, I can't even say Aaron's asking if it's a Jordan Poole letdown spot. I can't even say it's a letdown spot because we know Jordan Poole can shoot the hell out the ball. Like, we know he how good he is offensively, and with, with Steph out, he's able to showcase his talents even more and get into a rhythm in that starting lineup. So, I mean, I say I say we, we bat Jordan Poole again. The I, only I concern I have is, is I think there might be some blowout potential, which is a bit concerning, because I think Charlotte could get buried in this game. Mm-hmm. But I think I agree with you, though. I, I think I'm going to end up going with uh, Poole to have a good game. Maybe Poole threes. Uh, something like that. But by the way, if you want to play it safe on the Draymond stuff, you can take Draymond without the 10 points. You can just get rebounds and assists, 10 plus each. It's mm-hmm. plus 800. Okay, that's good. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the. Oh, wait. 240 is the total. We're not taking an under with Golden State, are we? I'm not. No. Yeah, it's 240 over. Okay. Denver Nuggets are traveling to Sacramento to play the Sacramento Kings. Minus three for the Nuggets on the road. 240 and a half is the total. KCP is probable with the wrist injury. Jeff Green is out. And Sabonis is questionable. Excuse me. So Sabonis has something wrong with his thumb. Yeah. I think they said he 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 was getting surgery. I said he yeah. needs Brianna, but he's going to play through it. Does that affect anything? It should. I mean, just a matter of comfort. Uh, Sabonis, I don't know if dribbling is going to be an issue. He doesn't shoot many jump shots to begin with, but occasionally can step out from like 14 feet and uh-huh. attempt a jumper. I think it's going to matter. You could argue it matters for passing if it's going to uh-huh. impact the accuracy on it, but it should make a difference. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, our, he's probably the most important player on the team. I'm not laying three with Denver on the road. I, I I don't think I'm laying three with Denver on the road. I mean, I mean, I would I would recommend like Jokic triple double, but at this point, it's probably close to plus one fifty. I don't even know if it's worth <laughs> anybody's time. Um, yeah, I don't really have much uh, for this game. The pace should be crazy with the Kings. You can argue Denver being a little bit mm-hmm. uh, look. I, I I'd say hungover kind of with their massive overtime win on Christmas against the Suns on national TV, but that's a bonus injury is a big deal. I I think it's going to be a very, very big deal that people are not going to talk about. And I think Jokic is just going to feast in this game. But I understand your point. The Kings at home have been good. You got to light the beam, but Jokic, I, I mean, it's always fun to fade Denver based on spot, and then Jokic has 35, 12, and 12 with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then you just – oh, God. Okay, so if this injury was bad enough, they would have made him get surgery because they're playing – they're 17 and 14 right now. If they, they have an outside shot at the playoffs or inside shot at the playoffs, whatever you kind of want to call it, if that if this injury is that bad, I think they would have sat him, let him go ahead and get the surgery and try to get him back later in the year. Unless it's a- so bad, it's arguably season ending. And yeah. they 
they want to just he wants to play through it. But but if not, he's, even though he's playing through it, that, I don't think that means enough where it's slowing him down too much. Uh, because you would just tell him to get the surgery, and if he's out for the year, he's out for the year. I don't think it's going to slow him down that much, but I wonder if it will impact maybe in the short term Sabonis' comfort around the rim mm-hmm. because he's going to have to maybe shoot the ball a little bit differently off the fingertips with his finger being messed up. Oh, boy. He might get foul trouble in this game, too, with Jokic. I understand. I feel like based on how the season has gone, we're leading Sacramento at home. Yeah, I'm but, I'm going. I mean, Sacramento's 10 and 6 as a dog, 9 and 6 at home ATS. You have Denver 6 and 11 on the road, 10 and 15 as a favorite, 3 and 7 in the last 10 games. Like Denver is just doesn't yeah. cover and I'm just I don't feel comfortable taking laying any type of points with Denver on the road in this spot. Whereas this Sacramento team is really good as dogs, really good at home. It just seems like one plus one equals two here, even with Sabonis having a bit of a hand injury. I'm going to take Sacramento here and sprinkle on the money line. I think I'm going to agree with you, but I guess my hedge would be like Jokic PRA. Yeah, something like that. But I guess he's going to go get there. But I, the Kings, I think, can beat this team at home. I'll lean Sacramento too. All right. For the total, 240 and a half. I mean, do you do you want to take an under in this game? I think everybody from Denver doesn't play up like they did against that Suns game, in that Suns game. I mean, even that Suns game, like, did they play up or did Booker get hurt and the t- and the Suns fell apart as the game went on? I think towards the end, the the role players started to you know come alive a little bit more, but early mm. on, it was really just Jokic. It really was. Give me an under 240 and a half. I think I like Aaron Gordon over in points because Jokic sets him up with so many free dunks per game. I just think Gordon's going to have no resistance in the paint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll take take under. That's a a sneaky under there. Okay. All right. Next. That's it. That is all the games on the docket. It's time for Lock and Dog. What do I like here for my lock? Let's go with Golden State minus four and a half. Okay. I mean, we talked about it. Charlotte really – Charlotte has been playing better. I will give them that. I just don't think that's going to equal a win here for that team and anything else. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and take Golden State minus four and a half for my dog, Kings, Knicks. San Antonio. Uh, oh, Pacers is a good dog, too. But that's a baby dog. I'm not going to give it all a baby dog. Let's go with the game we just talked about. Maybe it's recency bias. Let's go with the game we just talked about. Light the beam. Give me the Kings plus 130. That's a, that's a solid. Well... Do I have a number on the first half for the Knicks? Let me see if I have a number on the first half for the Knicks because I think that's a good place. You should have a number. Ooh, that's plus 142. All right, yeah, give me the Knicks first half in in the Mavericks. I'll take Knicks first half plus 142. I got more money. Sorry, guys. Okay. I still like uh, the Kings, though. All right, I'm kind of torn on what I want to do for the lock because I have a couple of choices that I actually really like. Uh, so I'll start off with the... 
You know what? I was going to do the Warriors too, but since you do it, we'll spread it out a little bit. I'll take Toronto. Uh, oh, man, I thought you were going to take Toronto. So, no, if you want the Warriors, you can have the Warriors, and I'll go Toronto. No, it's fine. Right, we both like the place. So I'll, I'll take Toronto minus four and a half. Uh, Clippers on a back-to-back off overtime with a high-paced game with a thrilling comeback. Paul George played 38 minutes. Kawhi's going to play, so I'm assuming Paul George and company won't. Toronto looked good right before the Christmas break, beating the Knicks and the Cavs on the road. I'll take Toronto at home. Crowd should be amped for because Kawhi's returning to Toronto. I'll take Toronto minus four and a half as my lock. And for my dog, I will go to an alternative spread. I will take... Question is, how big do I want to go here? Uh-huh. I'll take the Grizzlies minus 12 and a half at plus 168. <laughs> I think they bury the crap out of Phoenix in this game. Uh-huh. I think Phoenix is going to get murdered. Uh, they lost by 25 against this team about a week and a half ago. Phoenix is falling apart at the seams right now. Booker's already out. Payne's still out. They don't have much depth. And they can't score against this Memphis team. Memphis, off of that embarrassing loss to Golden State, I think will be very, very amped for this game at home. Memphis could win this game by 30. It would not surprise me. But I'll go with Toronto minus 4.5 as my lock, and I'll take the Grizzlies minus uh, 12.5 at plus 168 as my dog. All right. Anything else for the people before we get up out of here? No. A lot of good games. Seems like we like the decent amount of plays on the card. So let's make some money. Absolutely. If you're not, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you go and follow the NBA Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGPNNBA. Make sure you leave a subscribe. Make sure you comment. Make sure you like. Make sure you do all of that stuff. Make sure you leave us a review. We need that. Leave reviews on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you get your stuff. We gave out a whole bunch of content for this episode. Appreciate you all for listening. And after saying all that, still have no crazy fun catchphrase in podcast. So we're gonna end it like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go.